0: Call in at 303 690 3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Hey, welcome everyone to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, pastor here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. For you guys listening on Hope FM and Truth FM, Aurora is a Denver suburb, a Denver suburb here in beautiful Colorado where we get 300 and something days of sun every year and where we are praying about less and less snow days every year that comes. We want less and less snow, more and more sun, and it's a great place to serve the Lord. It's a great place to be. We've been here 21 years now. Uh, Very hard to believe how fast time has flown by, uh, but we moved out. Uh, and I just want to share this with you because I want you to be stirred up in God's call upon your life. Uh, it may not be church planting or missionary work, but at least ask the Lord, what does he want you to do in the church, in this world? What does he want you to do? I, I wasn't always a pastor. I mean, God knew what he was doing, but I wasn't always a pastor. Uh, I was a lost, rebellious, sinful man that was headed to hell. Uh, In all of my life, into my early 20s, and it was in my early 20s that I was invited to a Calvary Chapel church in Downey, California, my pastor, Jeff Johnson. I can't believe I accepted that invitation, but the reason I accepted the invitation is because the brother or the man that invited me is somebody I grew up with, somebody that I partied with, somebody that I did a lot of bad things with, and somebody that knew me and didn't care Uh, about any kind of pushback that he would get from me. And he came to invite himself to my house, shared the gospel with me and my wife. Uh, I I didn't take it. I didn't listen. I didn't want to. I didn't want anything to do with him about God. But that did not stop him. He didn't argue with me. He didn't fight me. He just says, well, you know, Ed, you should probably check it out. Just check it out. Just check out church. And knowing my skeptic Uh, what a skeptic I was, he asked the right question. The Holy Spirit led him to ask the right question. I was like, oh yeah, I'll check it out, all right. And I took his invitation to go to church to check it out and find everything wrong with it so I could have my own meeting with my buddy Jack and tell him what a whacked out guy he is and that I wish he'd go back to partying so we could party together. However, the Lord knew how bad I was and how hurt I was, and how filled with shame I was, and he knew how my only uh my only hope is in the Lord, God knew that obviously he knew that, and I walked into Calvary chapel, and after a few services. Uh, A few weeks, I responded to the invitation and and I didn't look back. And you go, well, why are you sharing that, Ed? Well, because some people think pastors were like born that way. Uh, I wasn't born that way. I was a raging alcoholic, drug abuser. I was very bad to my wife and my girlfriend. You know, she was my girlfriend and my wife. I was very bad to uh, my son. Um, Very bad doesn't even describe it. Um, I think, you know, I'm not going to go into every detail like of how horrible I was. I, I don't even know every horrible detail, but I can do this. I can use the Bible uh, to describe a little bit of how I feel um, because <clears throat> when I look back, I'm not proud. Um, Paul the Apostle, when he looks back on his life and he's writing to young Timothy, he uses uh, these phrases to describe uh, his life. And he looks back on his life and is, you know, a little shocked by his past. And he says um, in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 13. Uh, well, first he says in verse 12, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer a persecutor, an insolent man. Insolent, we don't use that word much. You could say violently angry. I used to be a person that blasphemed God. That's true for me too. I used to be a persecutor, and although that wasn't a big part of my life, I certainly made fun of Christians. I certainly mocked them. Uh, I certainly uh, made fun of them at every chance. Um, I, I can't say that I was a persecutor, I guess if you want to call that as a form, because you know who wants... To deal with an idiot like that but that's what I was an idiot and then an insolent man a violently angry that's probably the the that's probably the um the word that describes me the most that I can share with Paul I was a violently angry out of control um in and out of jail meeting a lot of police officers man but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief and the grace of God was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus, and uh, that's my life. And after eight years of serving at Calvary Downey, serving Calvary Chapel Downey, and all kinds of things in California, the Lord laid upon our hearts to plant a church, and we moved to Colorado. My family—just me, my wife, and my three kids—and uh, I was looking through some old pictures the other day and just seeing my kids serving in the ministry. Uh, there's no greater joy. Um, you know, especially my, my kids just have a heart for kids. So they've served a lot with kids and, um, and so here we are 21 years later. And I say all that to say this, God has a call on your life. Okay. You don't know it. You may not see it yet. You might be fighting it. You might be pushing it away. You might be so compromised and jacked up and you might be living a backslidden life or a prodigal life right now. And God's calling you back. This is no time, especially with all the crisis and the division and the craziness in our world this is no time for you to be messing around Uh, it's time for you to get serious with the things of God so would you get serious would you repent and come back to the Lord you in Maryland you in Baltimore you in Fort Collins you in Denver uh, you in North Carolina in Kentucky in Tennessee you in California in Minnesota in Texas repent for the coming of the Lord is at hand and it's time to get right with the Lord. Would you, if this is, if you want to be stirred or you know somebody that needs to be stirred, I encourage you to get our message last night. Uh, I just, I was on, I've been away on a short little getaway, uh, get some rest during this whole time, been running on all cylinders, just like the guys at church. Uh, guys and gals, I've been telling them, use your vacation, use your vacation, get away, get some rest. We've been running in all cylinders. It's been hard, it's been challenging. Well, I finally got to get away for a few days. Uh, off the grid, unplugged, and and um, you know the Lord spoke to me about a couple things. One of them I'll share this weekend, uh, but He also really stirred me up about missions and church planting. What in the world is the church doing? Why aren't we sending? Why aren't we sending missionaries? Why are, Why why is there a wave of missionaries coming home? Uh, is it because they're tired? They're not supported. They're not encouraged. They're not financially supported. What what is going on? We need to be sending missionaries. For every one coming back, because I know they don't misunderstand me. I know God moves, and He'll send someone bring them back. I get that. I'm not. uh, Don't misunderstand me. However, if we got a missionary coming back, we should have three going right back out. And I just don't see it right now. Uh, At least in our church, we went through these years and years and years missionary, 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 and now you know we're not seeing it so much. And now it's just all about fundraising and. You know, it's the mission has been lost. And maybe that's the thing. The mission is lost, man. And so God is not going to bless something you created. He's not going to bless something you created. It doesn't matter what you call blessing. He, it is not the blessing of God. We've got to get on with the mission of Jesus. And it's not just home. That's another redefinition of things. You know, well, we're all missionaries. Of course we are. But the pattern is Jerusalem home, right? It starts at home. Then Judea, Samaria then the uttermost parts of the earth it's all of it not just one of it it's all of it and uh, maybe you have a word on that maybe you have a scripture maybe you have a maybe you have an argument you're like no i don't think so well let's hear it i'd love to talk about missions uh, so here we go 3036903000 3036903000 if you email me i'll send you a link to the bible study last night you can download our free app listen to it watch it uh it's an exhortation but it's a good one it's like what peter writes in first peter like you guys are under you're being hassled you're being scattered you're under difficulty well guess what god loves you so think of him more than you think of your trial powerful simple but powerful we're going to go right to the phone lines angela is up in fort collins colorado welcome to the program
1: well hello can you hear me okay
2: i can yes you're on the air
1: awesome well thank you for taking my call um I just wanted to call, I was curious, um, got into, not an argument, but one of my girlfriends is more of a post-tribulationist, millennialist, whatever you want to call it. So I was kind of looking through the Bible the other night, and um, now I'm kind of just curious how to separate when Jesus comes and meets us in the air versus His second coming. Because when I was reading in, like, Matthew 24... Then first and second Second Thessalonians seems to really just be one event. So I was just curious to pick your brain. I still believe the pre tribulation. Sure. Curious what what you had to say about it. And if I lose you, I I do live up in the mountains. So okay. If I don't answer back, I'm still listening. <laughs> okay?
2: Yeah, that's okay. Well, <laughs> Thank one of the you. things we want. Yeah, you're welcome. One of the things we want to do when we are handling uh, the topic of the second coming and the rapture is to focus on the scriptures that make sense and are clear because a lot of times the debate gets caught up in, in passages that aren't so clear or the context doesn't really uh, li- line up with uh, making it definitive. If is this one or the other, or it's debatable. And so when people, you know, it's like anything. When people hang hang everything on a debatable on a debatable passage or thought, then we're just going to be in a perpetual state of argumentation. But when you come to the the greatest passage when it comes to the rapture of the church, is in First Thessalonians chapter four when in verse 17 it talks about being caught up and the idea behind that word harpazo is taken up by force and the the reality of who's taking up the the believers in thessalonica were told that they're going to be in a group they're going to be taken up and into the presence of the lord in the clouds and so we we see some distinctions right the rapture is jesus coming for his saints In his second coming, it mentions Jesus coming with his saints. In the rapture, Ah. he's in the clouds. Um, But in the second coming, Jesus comes to the earth. Uh, And there are two distinctions on that. Um, And I I actually have a—if you email me when you get home, I'll send you a list. I think I I, might even be on our—I might have posted it on my blog as well, on my website. But uh, I wrote, I think, 10 or 12 reasons and distinctions— of why I believe in a pre-tribulational rapture, like the clear teachings. Because you're right, in Matthew 24, you know, you, some of those passages can go one of two ways. Uh, and, and it really depends. You've got to parse out, because we've got to remember that Matthew 24 is the answering of questions. And he's answering questions not only in the immediate, but as an immediate answer, has some prophetic consequences to it as well. And it's hard because you've got to sort out. First of all, you've got to put Matthew and Luke together to make sure you get the whole question that he's answering. And then as you put it together, you got to walk through and go, uh, you know, cause some people think uh, when it comes in Matthew and it talks about uh, there are um, 10 working together, five are taken up and five are left, that that's the rapture. You know, it, it, the context doesn't really speak to that being of the rapture. Not only that, but it, the rapture never really indicates that it's going to be 50% of the population. Um, sure. And so there's some, confusion because that's been a popular verse to use to support the rapture and you know it can go both ways i kind of lean toward probably not being the rapture but it's it's one of those passages that isn't crystal clear so we'll just set it aside and go to a passage that is crystal clear um, and deal with that let's deal with the crystal clear passages first and when whenever someone's arguing with me about something like that i i I always just want to put it back to them Okay, then you tell me what he's telling the Thessalonians then. Tell me what that is. Um, And then going through, like, well, you know, what about the trumpets? Well, there's a distinction between the trumpet in Revelation and the trumpet in Corinthians. Um, So what do you—and then, so then I would ask, what do you think about that distinction? Do you even see that distinction? And, you know, for someone that's post-tribulation, what about— what 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 where does does it indicate in the scriptures that God would want his children to go through his wrath, which is what the time of Jacob's trouble and the great tribulation is called, the wrath of God. Where in the Bible does it indicate, as a matter of fact, I can find a few other places in the Bible that indicates the exact opposite. Okay
1: that makes sense. Yeah, I kind of I'm still learning my bible. So I am um, I went to quest, got questions.org or whatever the website is. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's kind of where I was getting directed to and reading from. So that makes Well,
2: sense. email me. I'll give you some yeah. thorough. I'll give you a, I'll give you some real thorough things to chew on and add to your study. Okay. Okay. Did you have another question or is that it?
1: Um, I do, and it's really sensitive. And I, I, can, you know, I'll email it to you. Um, it's just, just a let's take it on the air. To, um,
2: let's take it on the air. Well, I, I see it. Go ahead.
1: Um, so I have. I'm part of um, a bunch of different face groups, and they're very female oriented and um, very encouraging. And it's great. It's a wonderful little sisterhood of um, of friends and everything. And but it's like. National and what have you, and it's great. Um, but of course, you know you're you're cheering people on. And one gal, she's been sober completely for five months now, no alcohol, no drugs. Well, then as you're reading through her post, she was talking about how she is, uh, um, she was a boy and now she's a girl, and she made the change okay. five years ago, and and my question is, you know. When we're reading the Bible and what Jesus says about um, just homosexuality and things like that, for me, I personally am like, you know what? We live in the world. Who's Jesus going to go to? Everybody. Doesn't matter sure. who you are.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: I'm having a hard time walking the line of not being judgmental. And don't get me wrong, I'm not like, oh, I can't talk to this girl anymore. But. You know, I don't want to really be like, "Yay, gay pride!" <laughs> I'm so excited sure, for you. But at the same time, I, I don't want to be like, "Oh, well, maybe I just shouldn't even like like your your Facebook post or anything." So it's just that balance between being godly and following biblical principles, but still, you know, loving people like Jesus would love. Because sure. again, I, I have no I have no qualms against people. It's like you know, but. My favorite quote is from a Muppet movie, and it's people's is people's. I mean, we're just, we're humans. We we all have our own thing. And I think you said, why do you expect Christians to not act like Christians? So, you know, I, but anyways, so that's kind of it's a yeah. weird question, but I just want to, want your take on it because I appreciate it.
2: Well, let, let's, let me, um, let me ask you a question with, before I answer sure. this. If, yeah. uh, on that same, um, on that same Facebook group, you met a woman who is uh, celebrating uh, a year sobriety, but then the next post she puts, she says, and uh, I've committed adultery, and I'm in an adulterous relationship right now. How would you handle that?
1: Same same reaction as I'm ha- handling this. it would be like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to say. Well, yay on the sobriety, <laughs> but I'm just going to keep my th- mouth closed about the other things and just keep it quiet so the good, that, the good news is, is that the good news is that one of my um another just friends actually on my um, phone texting group um, family friends and she's my cousin and she just got married in the spring and she was posting pictures of her with this guy and it's like well that's not your boyfriend or your husband yes I know Shh. I'm going oh I'm not even gonna say anything <laughs> so yeah.
2: Well, let's, so the sure good ever. news is, is the the good news is, is that the second scenario that I described is actually one from the Bible, and we have Jesus being brought a woman uh, right that was caught in the midst of adultery, and brought right into His presence. So we know and have an example of how we were to, how we would be to handle such a thing, and first of all. I would say that Facebook in, is not the best tool to develop real, strong, healthy relationships. Uh, so it just becomes pot shots, even positive pot shots, you know, that 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 they're not, it's not a real, uh, although it's become real in many people's minds, it's not a real avenue for true relationship. It's, it's a good starter, I think, uh, for sure, but it's not a real positive way so it's however you choose to handle it uh, on facebook you got to be careful because it's easy to be misunderstood uh it would be easier to deal with um you know to deal with the reality of of maybe if if this if you have any access to this woman uh, that you could have coffee together and you could talk eye to eye and get to know each other so so that even in your disagreements uh, you can at least be heard, because that's the whole point. The whole point of ministering to people that are living sinful lifestyles uh, is to sow seeds of the righteousness into their life, to tell them the truth. But the point isn't just to sow the seed, it's to sow it in such a careful way that they'll receive it so that the Holy Spirit can use it in their life. And a lot of times people won't listen to a believer because their attitude is louder than their voice and their perspective is louder than their voice and their bad character is louder than their voice and so here Jesus is he he's got this woman in John chapter 8 uh thrown in front of him and the first thing he does is deal with all the hypocrisy because it was more than the sin of adultery in front of him there was also the sin of hypocrisy there was the sin of these wicked perverse twisted men that were watching this sexual act I mean that's something that isn't their voyeurs their they set it up. They're testing it. It's it's brutal. And these are men of God. These are supposed to be men representing God. This is the scribes, the Pharisees. This is horrible. This is the worst of the worst. So he deals with all the sin, and he does it in such a way that just lets the truth speak. And he says, hey, he who is without sin of you, let him throw a stone at her first and puts it back on them. And so I think that when he turns his attention then to the woman he doesn't dance around the truth of her sin. He does speak to her sin, but he speaks to her first. She, he acknowledges her as a human being, as a, a woman created in the image of God, and he encourages her. He says, "What happened, to everybody? Where are your accusers?" You know, obviously she knows the hypocrisy, and 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 it's a it's a very careful beautiful way of dealing with difficulty. So when it comes to sin of any kind, adultery, lesbianism, or, you know, this transgenderism, um, we don't speak to the sin. We speak to the person, and we remember the person. And while with those that have chosen the route of transgenderism, they, they know, they know. Uh, they can fight me on it. They could argue with me about it, but they know. And if they didn't know, I'll pay the 99 bucks to have their DNA checked and their DNA will come back the gender that they are. Uh, that's, they could, you know, I, I don't see anybody, um, I see this big popular thing of wanting to change genders and wanting to change identities, but I don't see a lot of people saying, I want to change identities. I want to be a bird and then fly, you know, put, paste feathers on my arm and try to fly off a building. Nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing things that are obviously not possible. And so it's the same thing with this. You can dress like a woman. You could take hormones like, you know, you were born a man and you can act like a woman. You can take hormones, you can do, but you're still a man. God made you that way. Um, And even if you have more feminine qualities, even if you're softer, even if there's that, that's fine. The reality is, is that we're dealing with people. And if we don't earn the right to be heard, which takes time, then it's just gonna be a bunch of pot shots. It's gonna be a bunch of uh, it's 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 not gonna be fruitful. So anything you do with her, and it's okay to champion sobriety. I I'm gonna I'm gonna be a cheerleader for anyone's sobriety because now that alcohol and drugs are out of your system, you have a clearer mind to receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have a clearer mind to get your life right with him. You have a clearer mind to be open to the outward conviction of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and it is a, it is a delicate thing, but I would say that if you pray and ask God to give you a heart to love the person, the sin itself will be immaterial because whether it's a liar or a thief or someone wrestling with their with their sexual identity or their behaviors, whatever it is, it's still a person that Jesus Christ died for. And if we start there, the Holy Spirit will lead us. And you know, we don't need to worry about what we're going to say, uh, because the Holy Spirit's going to lead us, and He's going to give us um, He's going to give us what we need to say when we when we need to say it. And I'm glad that you're in her life. I'm glad you're on this Facebook group. I'm glad that you can be a uh a voice just understand facebook is just not going to be the kind of tool that is going to be appropriately powerful to minister to her uh you you're going to want to get on the phone with her or sit down at a coffee shop with her you know uh, figure it's if it's a group of a facebook it could be people from all over the country uh that a coffee may not be but check this out what if god opened the door And this gal lives in Massachusetts. God opened the door and she said, I'd love to have coffee. Wouldn't it be amazing if you bought one of those cheap airline tickets on Spirit Airlines, you put a backpack on, you took a couple days off work, you hopped a plane, you flew to Massachusetts, you bought coffee for this gal, you brought her a Bible, you prayed for her. and I mean, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be unbelievably amazing? And what, for a couple hundred bucks? Would it be a couple hundred? I mean, it's possible. Like that's... That's kind of what I was talking about at the beginning of the program, like what is God calling us to do? And a Facebook post could lead to something far greater uh, that the Lord would be able to help you one day perhaps through a friendship because you care, because you want to reach out. Who knows, man, who knows how God might use you uh, in reaching this woman who. Um, you know, as a man or woman, whatever she's identifying as, or whatever he's identifying as, that you just speak to the person and you go, "Hey," and you know, you don't. We don't need to make uh, our arguments. You know, the first thing out of our mouth. Uh, we can we can talk about the reality of everybody sinning. We could talk about our own sin. Um, I find that to be a very effective uh, part of my life, uh, where I can just share, "Hey, I wasn't born a pastor. Like I lived in a." Uh, rebellious God resistant life for years and years and years like I'm not perfect Uh, I've never been perfect and I'll never be perfect but man the Lord is so good that he would change our lives and that he would from the inside out from the inside out give us new life so we're coming up on the first um, half thanks for your call Uh, we're coming up at the end of the first half of the program and we got open lines 303-690-3000 303-690-3000 taking your calls and your questions text me uh, 720-336-0897 I see a couple coming through Um, so we'll be there we'll be here Coming up soon.
0: Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now.
2: Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half of today's program. My name is Ed Taylor, pastor here at Calvary Church. Shout out to everyone on Hope FM, Truth FM, Refuge FM, (laughs) so many other stations around the country. Shout out to everyone that helps support and praise for Abounding Grace Radio. I just got off a phone call today that uh, maybe beginning tomorrow or Monday, uh, we're going to be added onto a brand new radio network uh, that is going to cover all kinds of places. Walla Walla. I don't even know what state that is, but he said that city, so it reminded Walla Walla somewhere. Uh, We're going to be on in Georgia. We're going to be on... Um, so many more stations now. So thank you uh, for praying for us, supporting us uh, financially. Um, It's needed. Um, We're also at Abounding Grace uh, developing more media, another book, um, working on a pamphlet, some things that will just be tools to build up the body of Christ, to build you up in your faith. Uh, And Walla Walla, Washington. There we go. Um, So, pray for us uh you want more information on abounding grace radio we have a website it's not the slickest but it works it's it's aboundinggraceradio.com aboundinggraceradio.com you can connect to it through my website edtaylor.org edtaylor.org where i write although i haven't been able to post in a while because my wordpress site is all upside down and jacked up so don't exactly know what happened and haven't been able to find people to help me uh, find out what happened. So we're migrating to a new, um, somehow I think we're migrating to a new blog uh, tool or something. But hopefully, pray for us, we get it all taken care of. 303 690 I want to give a shout out to anyone here in the metro area, but really anywhere. Uh, you can. We have our Refresh Ministry Conference. We're doing it in person, registering right now. Uh, and this is a ministry conference it's not like a bible study after bible study after bible study it's it's really emphasizing an equal amount of worship and study and worship and song just to come together to be encouraged i believe it's the 11th or 12th year we've done it uh, even though we haven't done it every year um we for 12 for the last 12 years we've had what we call the refresh conference uh, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the lord and and so the you know the, the, the neat thing about this conference is that every year it's different. Last year we had passion worship from Atlanta, Georgia, and it was real uh, majorly worship heavy. It was awesome. It was wonderful, but every year it's wonderful. Uh, every year the Lord has a word for us. This year we're bringing in a couple guys from California, uh, friends of the ministry here, uh, Pastor Scott Cunningham. Uh, is the worship pastor, Calvary Chapel, Costa Mesa. He has been there for many, many years, back when Pastor Chuck Smith was there. Uh, he is the worship arts pastor there, but he, he's also, he probably wouldn't say this, but he's also a very, very good Bible teacher, like our own Ian. You know, Pastor Ian, phenomenal worship leader, but he's also a very good Bible teacher. And, and I love worship leaders that are Bible teachers, because they bring out a different aspect of Bible teaching. I- I'm not like I'm not a worship leader. Uh, I don't have that creative part to me, so my teaching is a certain way. But I'm I'm always encouraged by worship leaders because they bring out this creativity in their teaching style. So Scott Cunningham is going to be here, uh, and as well as a pastor by the name of Zach Vesnes, who is the senior lead pastor of Calvary Chapel in Petaluma, California. He's going to be coming out with his daughter. So here's what we're going to do. Uh, I'm going to kick it off teaching Friday night, and I don't have a word yet. I'm still praying. I was hoping to have it by today, but I didn't. Uh, so I don't know yet when I'm going to. The theme is unity, right? We need unity. Uh, it's a political free zone. It's, a, it's like we need unity in the church. The church is never going to make a difference if we look like the world, sound like the world. You realize that, right? We're just not. Let, let the world be the world. That The church has got to be the church. Do you get that? The church has to be the church. The church can't be part of the world. The church can't be a little bit of the world. It's just going to bring division and disunity. We have to be united in Christ. And the only way we can be united in Christ is to die to ourselves. That's it. I mean, if you don't choose to die to yourself, you're going to be fighting people all the time. You're going to be asserting your opinion all the time. You're going to be, uh, you're wrong and I'm right and on and on and on. And so the theme is unity so I'm going to kick it off, and then we're going to have a lot of worship uh, in music, like just because that that's such a beautiful, unifying thing. And and then um, Pastor Scott's going to lead worship, Pastor Zach's going to lead worship, and then they're also going to teach. So it's all going to be woven together. And and then I think one of the pastors is st- sticking over and also doing our weekend services. And so we—I know it's COVID, so our numbers are a little down, but— um you got a week to sign up so bring our numbers up. Don't worry about it. We're in person. Yes, we're going to have restrictions. We're going to follow um we're going to follow the restrictions that are asked of us, uh the CDC guidelines. Yep. Um but don't worry about it. It's no big deal. You get used to it. It's it's, it's better that we do that. Um uh, we're going to have fellowship. We're going to open up res coffee. Um uh, we're going to be together. We're going to have ki- things for the kids. Uh, so here's here's the thing CalvaryCo.church slash refresh. CalvaryCo.church slash refresh. That's where all the information is registration. We got some surprises. Um, we've got some gifts. we got, it's just going to be great. Uh, we need it. We need it. A lot of conferences have been canceled. We're not canceling it. So we're doing it. And that's that. And we're going to be here. Um, even if it was just for our staff, I'd do it because our staff needs it. And, uh, you know, this is, this is it. Our our team needs it. Our staff and our staff has been, um, working very, very challenging, tire, tireless hours that, uh, God is going to bless. They haven't been doing it for me and they haven't been doing it for Calvary. They've been doing it for the Lord and the Lord will reward them. If they do it for me, then they're going to be disappointed. If they do it for an organization, they're going to be disappointed but when they when we serve the Lord, He rewards. And I'm sure your pastor's been tirelessly working. I'm sure your staff of your church, your whether they're paid or volunteer doesn't matter. They're still staff, right? Doesn't matter where our paychecks come from. Uh, God's going to provide for the needs of our family, but our responsibility in the body of Christ is so important. Um, you know, hey, pray for them. Be encouraged um be built up so go to calvaryco.church come and this is for anyone around the country come on in from we've got people coming in from all over the country so you're welcome hotels are empty so you'll get a room they got a million rental cars at denver international so there's plenty of cars uh and uh we're going to have plenty of space in the sanctuary um and um we've got responsible distancing and we're cleaning everything we got these cool i got to use it last night we got these cool electromagnetic sprayers that sends out a positive electrical charge or electron or whatever i don't understand all this stuff that helps the cleaning solution stick to the um whatever you spray it on and it's battery operated so um i got to i got to clean the sanctuary last night uh, with roy and uh with kaylee kaylee helped and uh, it was great. So, all right, let's go back to the phone lines. Come to refresh. Come to refresh. Come to refresh. You are personally invited. Maryland, Nick is on line three. Welcome to the program. Thank you, sir. Hey, what's up?
0: Um, have a have a question in regards to, um, and it's been coming back to mind um, quite often. I'm I'm very serious in the time of worship, and. Okay. The scripture that keeps coming back is we, that we must worship in spirit and in truth. Yes. And so I, 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 I get, at least I think I get, for me, the truth part of it is Jesus said he was the truth, and, and understanding who he is and who God is and, you know, as creator, as, as um, sacrifice, as our salvation, and that would be the truth part of it for me. Um, okay. It's the spirit part that I'm having a little bit of trouble with. Um, okay. Now, I, I don't know how much of my mind is getting in the way when I worship right. because, you know, obviously we think and so we want to be sincere and, and so forth. But then there's the Holy Spirit aspect of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so I don't know if worshiping in spirit is a combination of me and the Holy Spirit. Or if it's if it's meaning Holy Spirit, we're supposed to somehow be worshiping through the Spirit. I, I just kind of a clarification on what the Spirit aspect of that is.
2: No, that's a great question. Let Let's turn that question around and ask it a different way. If okay. you're to if reading the Bible, okay, reading the Bible. You read the Bible today. Mm-hmm. Okay, so reading yeah. the Bible is a spiritual endeavor. How do you read the Bible in spirit?
0: Ooh, um, in in prayer first, and yeah. in a spiritual outlook. You know, I, I think that... the Holy, hopefully, the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding and and revealing
2: correct and yet it's still a part of your pra- there's a practical part of your participation uh you know if you can read not everybody can read So, if you can read, then you are participating. You're opening the Bible, opening up your Bible app. You're looking at it. You're looking at the letters. You're processing that. You are understanding the word. You're defining the word. You're defining sentences. Like there's so much practical with reading. You know, for those that can't read, if they're listening, uh, you know, like our sister Bianca, she can't see. She's blind. So she listens to the Bible or she reads it on her Braille computer. And there's so much practical. However, if we really are participating in the spiritual exercise of reading the Bible, then it does have everything to do with our approach. It has everything to do with our will. It has everything to do—you think about the things that the Bible calls spiritual. You know, there's the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. There's the spiritual yeah. manifestation of love. There is the denial of self. There is the surrender of my will. There is—not only do I know what like love is— But from the spiritual perspective, God has revealed to me what love is in the spiritual realm. And so when I think of worship, it's very similar. Uh, It's very similar. And because God is spirit, a true worship, and I I think it's important for us to remember that worship is ascribing worth to someone or something. Um, Like, for example, in our fine state here in Colorado, uh, a lot of people worship the Denver Broncos. And and I mean that with the exact word, they ascribe a lot of value and a lot of worth, and they have their heroes that play football, NFL football. Um, that's what they. But they can't worship the Broncos in spirit because the Broncos aren't spirit. They're not God. They're, it, it has to be an idolatrous exercise. It has to be a false god, little G, because there is nothing in the substance of a football team or a football player that. Can connect you and me with them. Uh, what is it in Maryland, Baltimore? You got what the Ravens, right? Yeah. S- so I'm sure there's a lot of people in Baltimore that worship the Ravens, but they can't worship the Ravens in spirit because the Ravens actually are you know they're they're just a football team and and yet. They can do all the things. They can sing to the to the. They can sing about the ravens. They can clap about the ravens. They can give money to the. Ra- they can do all the things that that exercise or that represent our exercise of worship to God, except they can't connect on a relational basis with ah,
0: okay. God.
2: there's Amen. so the spirit is a is is a reflection of now your ascribing of worth to a God who you have a personal relationship with. You are now alive in Christ, and because the Spirit is alive, you are then able to engage relationally through song, through action. You know, when you start looking at worship throughout the Scriptures, there's a lot of things that are worship, so it's not just song, although we use song kind of like, um, uh, we, we call it singing worship, but it's not the only worship. Um, but when you connect and when I connect with God, we connect with them on the spiritual level. Just like when you read the Bible, an unbeliever can read the Bible all day long, but never read it in spirit ever. They'll never understand it until they're born again. They'll never understand the Bible. Every page, I don't care whether they read Genesis one, one or revelation chapter 20. The only thing they get away from is I don't understand this. Uh, And that means I must not understand whoever wrote this because they have no relationship.
0: That makes sense. That that's, that adds a lot of clarity to it. A lot of clarity. I, I understand that. That makes real good sense. It's it's uh, so it's a an auto, almost an automatic spiritual connection because of who we are in Him and who He is to us. So yes. whenever we're worshiping, it automatically activates that.
2: Yes, and and that's why no matter how we feel. No matter what we're going through, if you choose to obey God, then he will, he will honor that and he will bless that obedience. But that also means, here's the flip side of that, that means there's a lot of people that are worshiping God uh, not in spirit. Uh, they're going through the motions. I think the Pharisees, the Sadducees are all great examples. They had this outward appearance of real worship of God, but God knew the heart and and I know I I'm, I I think of it in my own life uh, as a pastor I've been times and uh, there have been times um where okay. I've come to church and I just ha- I just wasn't there like I didn't want to sing I didn't I felt bad I was mad I was grieving whatever but I sh- but I I went through the motions of obedience I went through like I I I couldn't bring myself to enjoy the song I mean there are times when there was a song up there and I and not only did I not sing it, I didn't, I was like mad. I didn't like the song. You know, when you sing a song like mold me, shape me, break me, who the heck wants to sing that? Like when you're already broken. <clears throat> and so I would be mad, like I'd come in, especially closer to when my son passed away in those, in those first couple years of deep, dark, discouragement, depression, grief. I'd come to church anyway and I'd even teach the Bible. But it was, those times were probably far less me and more God than any other time in my life because I wasn't going through the motions. I was motioning to come and draw near to God and he honored that. Um, But I could be sitting next to somebody that's just going through the motions and God won't honor that. You'll just be sitting there trying to fake people out, but you're faking nobody.
0: Wow. Wow yeah and i i can relate to what you're saying a few years back i lost a real close friend and you know around and even you know losing my father the way i did and the things that happened there uh, in conversation um you know father's day i i go there Mm. but it's tough to be there
2: yes yes
0: you know when our when our church honors the father and i know we honor the father above but in honoring our our father here, um, it, yeah, it, it can get tough.
2: Yes. But, and, I, go, and that, but that, I go
0: and I stay and I, I work through it. And so and, you're and saying, good, God, that's, that's the spiritual aspect of it. God honoring that.
2: Yeah. that The, the neat thing about our worship is, is if we, we try, we, we have this performance based mentality where we want to do everything right and we want to do it. We want to cross all our T's and dot all our I's. But the reality is, is that God is more the initiator of worship than he is the responder. We're the responders. And, He'll take anything like it's not like the sincerity of the heart and like, like you coming and going, here I am in my reality. And I don't like father's day. You know what it does to me, God? Uh, I don't even want to be here. I I don't like, I don't even like thinking of you as father sometimes. And, and, and as you're open and honest with God, like read the Psalms, the Psalms are filled with open, honest dialogue. And David starts out with just like wrestling with the reality of his life, but he always ends with, but God, you know, you're faithful because he meets us. In the sense, a, a worship that isn't spiritual isn't worship at all. Let's just put it that way.
0: Okay, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, and it, it's part of what you were just saying. Um, I I sing, and so and you know everybody sings, but I've I've actually had half a prayer, and this prayer has been you know decades long in prayer. Um, yes, and. I've had a, um, a few people come to me and speak to me about my singing uh, in a positive way. And it's like, okay, thank, thank you, God. Half my prayer is answered. And at the same time, it, it's in my mind. And this is where I, you know, my mind is, is going when I'm singing, trying, like you just said, to perform better. I want to sing better for God. And and I, I'm not looking to sing to receive praise, but at the same time my mind is going like you just said and, and trying to, you know it, it and, and it's that's where I was struggling, it's a separation of, you know, personal performance trying to trying to sing better and at the same time um you know, wanting to do it in spirit. And Correct. Not I think completely understanding that until now.
2: I think that, that the more and more we get out of the way and we just simply respond, you know, I think that if we understand worship as our response to the goodness of God, then we will we will sing louder, we will give more, we will serve more, not because we have to, but because we're we're it's a response of the overflowing, abundant grace of God in our lives, and we have the right motives. And remember the that particular phrase in John 4 was was that that instruction was given to the woman who ascribed worship as a location and as a place and Jesus in his answer said look woman the hour's coming it's not going to be about a mountain and it's not going to be about Jerusalem um you're not even quite and then he saw, he says to her you worship what you don't know but we know what we worship we understand and the hour's coming when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth there there's a deeper sense where you're you're so worried about where and of course you know she's she she's been taught incorrectly, and as many of us have been taught incorrectly, and so we come to Jesus. He clears it up for us, and he goes, "Look, there's a greater day for you. Yours coming a day." He tells this woman, and he's telling all of us, "There's coming a day where it doesn't matter what songs are sung, it doesn't matter what needs are, it doesn't matter what you're wearing and who's in church, and what it doesn't matter because there's a day coming when you're going to worship in spirit and truth, and because that's who God's looking for. And then you're like, like well I want to be that person,' and you thinking man i want to i want my worship to be so sweet so pure so unadulterated i want to be truly connecting with the god i'm worshiping i I want to develop my relationship i want that day to be now and i think it's not about where it's about who and that's the important piece i think just to summarize it all
0: okay yeah i and and a, a prayer I've had lately and in, in struggling through all of this has been when I go to church um and and sing is father let let me not not be the surrounding, but let me focus on you when I sing and let that right. be what's important yep and that, that's been a prayer, so this is kind of helping me answer that a little bit of an answer to that prayer at the same time yes. That's great. No, that's perfect. Thank you so You're much. You're right
2: there. You're welcome, brother. God bless you Thank guys you. out in Baltimore. Bye-bye. Right.
0: God bless. Thank you. Thanks. Take care.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Let's see if we can take this last call. Uh, let's see, see, see. Terrence, Northgen, Colorado, line one. Terrence, welcome to the program.
3: Hello. How are you?
2: Good, man. What's up?
3: Um, you know, I just listened to your story for the first time, and I always listen to your radio station about your broadcast, about what church you're doing, and, and the wonderful you've been in Colorado for 21 years. I lived here probably 40-some years, and I'm 54, and I just got clean again in my sobriety of huh. 11 days a day.
2: That's awesome. And, Congratulations.
3: And uh, I'd like to meet you sometime, but there's another discussion about that. But my, my question okay. is about... Um, as I'm getting back into the church and, and loving God for what He gives me today, um, the tithing has really been a, a, an issue for me. So I, I, I sponsor two kids in Ecuador, and I give okay. to them each month. And I just feel like there's more to give, but at the same time, okay. I know I have to tithe, and, and my money has to be right there, and I have to have that balance. And yeah. you know, I, I read these two verses out of um, it's Matthew thirteen thirteen twelve it says, Whoever has been more will be given and he will be abundance, but whoever is not has even what he has will be taken away and then I go to Luke six thirteen it gives given it will be shaken and you will be more measured pressed down, shaken together and running over and it will be put to you into your bosom and with the measure and what you use it will be measured back to you. And I don't know if that's about tithing or money. I I'm really getting in the money thing because god is god is everything about money and it's his money i make money for him and i like to get back into tithing i just started another i just went back to church this last sunday for the first time probably in a year i think it was i was out there doing my own thing again so you know there's a lot to give and i just i feel like um it's been on my heart for a while i i give I, i never gave up on those two children in ecuador they're I've been doing one for three years and I just picked another one up about five months ago and it just, it's just amazing what I can do with what I have here in the United States because I'm blessed. I don't... Yes. I was living in my car for a while. I was homeless. Wow. I was using drugs. I was going through all that, but I was still giving. But yes. now I, I got better and I don't, I don't use a drink anymore and I just feel like tidings been on my heart.
2: And so what's your question?
3: I just want to know if that's the right thing to do right now since I'm early in my sobriety. Um, should I wait or should I get back into it right away because it's God's money and I just like to get back to you know, like the tidying part. Um, I don't know. Okay, I, I so that's into, a It's a great I jump question. Into stuff. I jump into stuff real fast and I'm waiting good. on God to answer me, so I'm, that's why I'm calling.
2: Okay, well, th- the 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 fact that this is a good Uh, There's a a couple things. I wish I would have got your call a little earlier, but I'll try to condense it in a couple minutes. The fact that the personality that you have where you jump into things very quickly is not a good personality for alcohol and drugs. And you know that. Um, I know that like this all in, let's just do it kind of attitude with alcohol and drugs is destructive, but it's a beautiful, wonderful, awesome personality for the things of God. And so here's what God is showing you. When he tells you to do something, do it right away. It is okay to jump into things that are clear in the Bible and giving of your tithes and offerings, the first fruits of the increase of your life is definitely something that God instructs us to do, that God motivates us to do, and that God will bless us. And so it is absolutely 100% the right decision to jump into obeying that what God has revealed to you about giving. Yes, yes yes. And a third time. Yes.
3: Thank you. Okay. You're welcome. All right. Hey, can I get some more information from not you? Cause I know you have to let go, but can I talk to the other yep. guy and you guys sure. are getting ready to do some, uh, I just wrote it down someplace. You guys are getting ready to do the refresh course. Yes. We got um, a
2: conference. So uh, what I'll do is I'll have them, I'll have David put you on hold and you can talk to David you, right after he'll, he'll just put you on hold.
3: Yeah, thank you for listening to me and I I just wanted to really do that because I really like to meet you sometime too because my story is just amazing what you just talked about and I never really wow. understood your story until you told yeah. it today and I'm like, Wow, I was right there too, so yeah, that'd be yeah. awesome someday. Maybe I will I'll figure out a day where I well, the roar has been really bad about the shootings and, and brakings for the cars and I I used to work down in Aurora in the hospital and it's just bad things happen in Aurora, so I don't like going to Aurora. <laughs> just, well, that's where we're at. Okay. A lot
2: of a lot of great people live there, and we're reaching a lot of folks. And, you yeah. know, if your car gets broken into, God can always replace it.
3: Yeah, amen to that. Okay, cool. Thank you so much for listening. All to right, me. man. Yeah. See you later. Yeah, you. All, right. All you, right.
2: You hear the music? It's the end of the show today. Thanks for joining me. Um, may the Lord bless you, encourage you, strengthen you. Come to church. It's okay. Come to Aurora. It's safe. It's fine. It's fine don't worry about it. Come on out. We'd love to serve you and love you. Uh, Calvaryco.church. Calvaryco.church. That's our website. Calvaryco.church. See you this weekend. Special message.
0: You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.